Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Hey, we have a great show, great lineup today, and we're going to start with a, a past guest who's been with us before, uh, Barry Moniak from End in Mind in Salt Lake City. And Barry is a Vistage speaker. That means he speaks with a group called Vistage International at their CEO peer groups all over the country. And he's an organizational therapist at End in Mind. And his topic today is going to be synergistic culture. And again, we talked about this. Uh, we started to talk about this before. We got as far as we could in 20 minutes. We're going to take it a little bit further. So uh, let me get Barry on the line. Barry, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Very pleasure to have you back. Um, last time we talked, we talked a lot about um, uh, synergy and, and thinking about uh, like your title of your company, the end in mind, how you can move towards certain goals uh, in a synergistic manner. Um, tell our listeners again, if you will, a little bit about how you came to start End in Mind and what it's all about. Well, what I found is that, that people in life, but especially in business, they put so much time, energy, and, and money towards accomplishing goals, getting where, where they're, they're hoping to get, and, and failing miserably. And so they buy the next book, they buy the next program, go to the next workshop or seminar, and, and they're, they're not getting the success that they think they should, nor did I think they should. And so I started really looking at what is it that people who are getting the results are doing, and regardless of the, the realm that they were in, whether it was sports or special forces or business, entertainment, they were using very similar strategies. And I'm like, okay, so we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. We just have to look at the people who are getting the results and start modeling their behavior. Well, they, had a, they knew where they were. They had a pretty darn good idea of where they wanted to go. And then they could strategically start figuring out how to get there and set up the uh, accountability protocols like a GPS system that lets us know if we're going off course that we need to correct and, and get back on course. And guess what? People who did that more often got where they had hoped to go more often. Okay, why don't mm -hmm. we start doing more of that? Makes a lot of sense. And so um, the common, some of the common factors were they things like people just uh, gave up too soon and, and they got into this valley of despair and never crawled out of it? Well, it could be that they really had no realistic idea of where they were at. So mm -hmm. they thought more highly of themselves or their business than maybe it really was. Uh, you can take a car that, that could drive on the freeway at, at, you know, 60, 70, even 80 miles an hour almost all day long, and it's not going to have a problem. You take that car up to 110, 120 miles an hour, how many hours before you're likely to have an issue? Because the car wasn't designed, wasn't built to handle that kind of speed. 
So businesses want to ramp up. We want more sales, more this, more that. It's like, well, that's great. But do we have a vehicle that's capable of doing that? So if that really is our goal, why not build the vehicle? I could take a, a stock car and take it to a race mechanic and ask the question, what would I have to do? to drive this car at 120 miles an hour all day long, and they would be able to look at it and go, oh, well, maybe there's some things with the the suspension or the steering or the this or the that. Uh, From the outside, it would look identical. But on the Mm -hmm. inside, you've got a better built machine. So uh, that's a great analogy. That really makes a clear point that um, sometimes what we want, we maybe not quite have the design to get it. And one of the ways to get that is to, uh, to partner up or to find synergistic types of relationships. Um, and, and one of the things we're going to talk about is a synergistic outcome. What does it take to have a synergistic outcome? That's the elusive component because people think, well, if we get enough people together and they're all of the right mind, then, then it should work. Well, not necessarily. To produce that synergy where the whole is actually greater than the sum of its parts, the parts need to work together. They need to interact in such a way that would produce that more or what we're calling a synergistic outcome. That involves people working together more interdependently. They have more skin in the game. They're more involved with each other, and that brings up the degree of difficulty is by and large we don't like getting that intimate with people and yet if you look at the most successful endeavors whether it's business or sports or uh, a medical team uh, a special forces team these people get real real close they get into each other's heads and their hearts and their guts and they they understand one another in such a way that when they work together they're able to produce a greater result. So again, I don't feel like I'm reinventing the wheel here. I'm just looking at the people who are doing it going, well, why don't we do more of what they're doing? And Mm -hmm. then you go into a typical business environment and you see how people assume things about one another rather than finding out, well, is that true? Even if it's something that we both do, oh, we both like coffee. Yeah, we've got that in common. What do we have in common? I don't know why you drink coffee, and you don't know why I do. Mm-hmm. But a simple conversation mm-hmm. would, would shed some light on that. So what I think I hear you're saying is that synergy <clears throat> is, a, is not a noun, it's a verb. Exactly. There needs to be, right? It needs to be action applied to synergy for it to just saying, uh, yeah, you're in this business and I'm in that business and this should work doesn't mean it's going to work. You have to put the work in for to see the outcome of synergistic work. And is there... Are, are there specific um, ways to approach that that are different than just saying, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a working relationship and, um, and it's going to be great? <laughs> I mean, are there specific uh, ways to attack a, a synergistic relationship that you found? Well, yes, and unfortunately, no, in, in, in terms of, it, it's it's a force. Uh, it's a law of physics, just like the the force of gravity or polarity or magnetism. Uh, you can't do something that causes gravity to work, but you can understand what it is and, and align with it or not. 
So getting to know people more so, so that you have a better understanding of who you're working with, how they work, how you're throwing the ball back and forth, that is a specific, but depending on who you're doing it with, that might look differently. So when we, when we go into the workplace and we see how men have all these biases towards women and women have biases towards men uh, and older people towards younger and younger towards older and, and all of these different things, and yet if, we were, if what we wanted to end up with was a more synergistic outcome, then we need to be able to look at it more objectively and go, what is it that we each bring to this endeavor that could make us? produce that kind of a synergistic outcome. You look at things differently. Oh, you're a different gender, so you might have a different vantage point. You're older or younger. You might come at this from a different angle. People who are more willing to put, put the two or more factions together to see what they might come up with, there's a much greater likelihood they're going to produce a synergistic result. If I just stand behind my bias, oh, well, you're this or that, and so you know, there, there's no way this could work, well, then guess what? It won't. Okay, so what I hear you saying is that before you do something, sit there. Don't just do something. Sit there. Figure it out. Get deep into it. Have conversations and figure out uh, beyond the surface level, beneath the surface level, what are the reasons why this synergistic relationship should, should take root and work and uh, and how do we how do we best take advantage of that? So learning each other's language and and learning what's important to each other is certainly important. There, it sounds like. Absolutely. And and so I would That's just great. replace the should with could. When people work together more interdependently, there's a greater likelihood that something good would come of it. A salesman, you know, I can talk to you all day long about how great my product or service is because it really, really is but I'm just beating you up with, with facts and information. If I was to invest, I don't have to go that deep, but if I was to just open up a dialogue, so who are you and, and, and what do you do and, and this and that. I, I had a, uh, a client once that had a sales training program and, and he wanted to test it, so he went to uh, a used car lot, one of the toughest sales markets you know, we know of, and he just wanted to try it out. Well, people would come up and, you know, oh, yeah, this is looking cool. And like, well, that's great. You know, this, this sexy convertible is, is hot. But can I just ask you a question? Why do you need a new car? Oh, well, my job or my this or my that or my company. And it's like, oh, okay. So, yeah, this, this car is going to make you feel really good until you have to use it for work, and then it's not going to serve the purpose. Yeah, but I always wanted a convertible. I know, I know, I understand, but what about this pickup truck over here? Because you've got to carry some tools and supplies, and, and let me show you what this could do for you. Well, now you're helping that person dial in what they really need. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm trying to help you figure out what's going to get you to that end in mind. You need a reliable vehicle that can help you with your work. Why don't we look at that? He, he blew all the other salespeople away because they're out there trying to twist people's arms and doing all their little, you know, gimmicky sales tricks. And he was just having legitimate conversations with people going, what would actually scratch the itch? Yep, that's, that's, a, that's what a I good, need and that's what I can afford. Let's do it. <laughs> that's a good point. I think most, most people in sales are, are trained 
to satisfy the want before the, they satisfy the need because that's the emotional hot button. And I guess people are trained. There's probably why there's a lot of uh, uh, rescissions and people come back and say, yeah, I, I know I really wanted this, but uh, when I got it home, I realized I don't need it. I, I, I what yeah. I needed. So if somebody would have gone deeper from the beginning, they would have had a more long lasting relationship with that individual. So let's talk about this and interdependence that's where the synergy would come in, in a scenario like what we're talking about, that the two parties came together. The outcome was, was pleasant and, and, and good for both parties. The guy got the car he needed. The salesman got the commission he needed. And now there's a much greater likelihood if that person needed another vehicle that he would come back and go, Oh, you know, Bob's the one who sold me this, this truck. And, and he was so cool to work with. He made me feel so good about buying that truck. If Bob is talking to someone, Oh yeah, I need to buy a car. Oh, you got to go talk to this guy. Yeah, uh, I get you. I get you. So you've, he's built a relationship now that's going to create. And I think that's an important thing, of course, for anybody who's in uh, in sales and who isn't, you know, in one way or another is remembering the long term value of a client, not just right. the, the initial transaction. It's building it up for that long term relationship because the real profitability comes over the long haul. Right. Right. And yeah. so that's why I say it's sometimes difficult to point at what exactly the synergy is because it might be one, two, three years later that something good comes out of that transaction, but the good thing that came out of it is part of a synergistic outcome. It's more it, than just what happened initially. It's taken that, those extra steps to go deeper in the relationship and, and really understand the why so you can help satisfy the why within, right? That, right. that makes so much sense. That's great. That really makes so much sense. And we and you talk about um, interdependence in there a little bit. Um, what is interdependence? It's I, I do a physical demonstration that's a little bit hard to to describe uh, over the phone, but but let, let me attempt it. You can have two people standing in front of one another, you know, doing kind of like a patty cake thing you know, palm of the hand to palm of the hand, and, and yeah. they can go back and forth. If either of them or both of them drop their hands, there, there's no uh, recoil. Nothing happens. Well, now you do the same thing, but have each of them take, you know, a half a step back. Oh, now there's a little bit more tension between the hands. So now if one of the people was to pull their hands away, the other person is, is going to feel that, that vibration because they're a little bit off balance. Now okay. you put them together, and I love doing this in front of a live audience or in a training. Now you have them take a gigantic step back where the, the tension between the hands is palpable, and, and you've got like an A-frame ladder kind of a setup. If mm -hmm. either one lets go or pulls back, you both go down. It's not like one person can walk away unscathed. We're now in this together. That's the... the the most demonstrable example of an interdependent relationship that, that I've come up with. So then you look at that and go, okay, so in the work environment, how would we create that? Well, you know, I did really great, but, but, you know, Jack over here didn't do so good. That's not interdependent. You look at more of a special forces mindset, all in this together. 
And if we agreed on a, on a plan of action, we all bought into it. I don't care whose idea it was, we bought into it. If it was a good idea, great. Why was it a good idea? If it wasn't such a good idea, why did we buy into it? And what could we do differently if we were fortunate enough to come out of the mission alive? I think that kind of thinking in business, we don't have to be you know, special forces type people, but that kind of strategic thinking, wow, we were in this together. Our department made a decision together. The executive team made a decision together, and we're going to stick by it. If it was a bad decision, great. We will all learn from it rather than the infighting and throwing somebody under the bus. Well, that was his or her dumb idea. I told you we should have never done that. Yeah, but we did. And are we as a team going to get stronger? Are we going to maintain that, that, that integrity of, of a synergistic culture by always getting better? I love that. And I love that analogy. And it reminds me also of, a, for instance, a football play where the, in the huddle you're saying, okay, you're going to run down the sideline 20 yards up the field and cut across the middle. I'm going to throw the ball to the middle of the field. We don't have time to check or make sure that's going to that, you know, during the play, it's going to be pandemonium while we're actually doing the action, but I'm going to throw the right. ball there. You're going to be there. Right. Right. Okay. Let's, and then you implement the play. So it's based on faith that each of the parties is going to be uh, taking care of their part of the bargain, their part of the play. And that's right. how it's all going to come together. makes a lot of sense. Now you're the receiver and you weren't where I expected you to be. And so the play didn't work. I can go off on you. The whole team can go off on you. Everybody can go off on you because you screwed up. Or we could look at it and go, okay, what happened? Well, on my way to getting to the X on the board, I, I was supposed to be, I encountered this and this. Oh, well, let's factor that information in. So the next time we call the, for this play, we're a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser to going, okay, if in the event you run into interference, let's do this instead. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do it. So, so now there's no, there's no uh, stuff on you having failed. It's we as a team can do better. And if I love business it. teams would do that, if they would think that way more often, they would keep getting better and better. Now, if someone doesn't want to be part of a team that's always getting better, then maybe they're the not, not the right person for the team. And we see it in sports all the time that at the end of every season, certain players leave and certain other players come on board. It's not because they don't understand the game. These are the best people in the world at that game but they're not creating the team dynamic that could help the team win more games more often. And in fact, some of those people are resist, could be resisting that interdependence um, or the company could be resisting it. Why do people resist that? Okay, this, this gets into something deeper where if I've got a bias against you uh, because of your age, because of your gender, because of your nationality, because of your religion, your sexual orientation, it's easier for me to keep you at a distance if I have to deal with you at all. If I start letting you get a little bit closer, it's going to start to affect me. Okay, well, there's things about you that I don't like, that I don't agree with, that go against my core beliefs, but I'm starting to get to know you, and you're a pretty cool guy, and we work pretty well together, and if we keep going down that path, I'm going to get to a point 
where I might have to rethink my bias. Now what mm-hmm. am I going to do? I've spent my whole life hating people like you, and now there's one of you that I kind of like. <laughs> now what? Right, 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 right. So now I've I got think to change. That's why, and this this is my you know two cent. I think that's why we resist intimacy, why we resist interdependence, because if we really started to interconnect with people in an open-minded, open-hearted, you know, productive way, it might start changing our our baseline beliefs about a whole lot of and and Makes what sense. I'm on about is in the business world, nobody is hiring you saying, okay, and we expect you to to, uh, have sex with people of the same gender, that we expect you to go to church with with this or that person. That is not happening. You don't have to become best friends with someone that's, that's decades older or younger than you. You just have to work well together in the workplace environment. And, and I can't think of a good reason why any mature person can't do that. It doesn't matter who you are at home, you know, what church or temple you go to, what, you know, who you sleep with. It doesn't matter. That's not what we are doing here right now. We're working on this project. Right, right. So let's bring the important things. What is it that you bring to the table? Well, you bring some significant talents to the table once I can get the biases off the table. Makes a ton of sense. Barry, um, we're, we're running low on time, but it's, it's a pleasure. It's always great to have you on the show. You explain things so clearly. I can see why you're a much-in-demand speaker for Vistage International and other groups. And uh, I, I love the way you, you we you clarified some very important things about synergy and interdependence today. And I'd love to have you back another time. How do our listeners best get in touch with you? They can find me at endinmind.com and all of my contact information and social media information is there. Uh, love connecting with people and sharing ideas because the more I learn about other people, the better I get at what I do. Well, it's fantastic to have you on again. Again, I look forward to the next time we speak. And thanks so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for having me. I love it. All right, Greg Barry. Thanks. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Please stay with us. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, Which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 